With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Thank you for joining us on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Heather Stark, your host, and I'm working on a Ph.D. right now, and that's got me uh, in, a, in a lather. I'm working on the dissertation, which is the big big paper at the end. And uh, I have a background in domestic violence issues and journalism and now psychology. Joining me today is Dr. Sandy Wortley. And, uh, Doctor, you're, uh, you're in the East Coast. You're in New York? No, actually, I'm in Colorado. And please, Heather, oh, that's right. Sandy. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And um, uh, I got confused because I have so many people from the East Coast who join us on this show. Um, I have uh, Dr. Sandy Wortley with me, and she is in a unique position because the situations that we're going to be talking about today are kind of interesting, and she actually has personal um, uh, insight into at least one of those situations. Um, Dr. Wortley, could you please tell us about your background? Because I've got to tell you, when I saw your CV, I thought, whoa, I, you know, we're going to have to take the whole show just to describe your credentials. <laughs> <laughs> please. Please don't. <laughs> and again, please call call me Sandy. I'm okay. I'm very informal and uh but thank you for the compliment. Yes, I have uh uh I have devoted my entire professional career, a very long one, I might add, uh to protecting kids and specifically to protecting them from sexual abuse. And so most of my work is in the area of prevention of childhood sexual abuse and also uh, sexual exploitation, including like commercial sexual exploitation, the prostitution and child pornography areas. Oh, wonderful. Um, you have dedicated your life to the issues of, uh, of children and safety and some pretty hairy issues, which is interesting because the horrible, awful, terrible situation that we are going to be talking about today is a six-year-old boy in your neck of the woods who was, I believe, uh, suspended or at least uh, uh, charged with sexually harassing a six-year-old classmate whom he kissed on the cheek during playground. Yes. Uh, I, I think we were all. I kind of- am in the meat of it. Uh, uh, this occurred in a small city. About sixteen thousand people live in Canyon City, which is south of Colorado Springs. And um, this kind of uh, came about in a in an explosion, I should say, a couple of weeks ago. Um, shall we talk about some of the details of the case? Sure. First of all, let me toss out our phone number if you would like to join us in this conversation. And we're not going to be spending the whole entire show on this one case because there are many like this. Um, the phone number to call us is 646 378 
646-378-0430. That's 646-378-0430. And we'd love to have you call with your, your stories or your opinions on the situation. Now, Sandy, give us some outline of, of this situation, this, this case that's before us. Yes, yeah, sure, you bet. I got a call on December 9th, Monday, about a case that had occurred in Canyon City, and uh, all I was informed about was that it involved a six-year-old boy, as you mentioned, who uh, had been suspended from school with a charge of sexual harassment. And I was asked to comment on his behavior that resulted in this um, uh, sexual harassment claim being included in his school record. And the behavior was, all I knew was that he kissed a girl on the cheek. And so um, as the story unfolded, um, apparently this boy had, uh, as his mother describes, kind of a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship with this six-year-old girl, a classmate, and he had kissed the girl on her cheek the month before, and then on December 4th, he apparently kissed the same girl on her hand. And the classmates witnessed this, and reported it to the teacher, and then it just kind of uh, went up the chain, and the boy was suspended from school and, uh, again, had this uh, uh, sexual harassment put into his school record. Yes. So is that, Yeesh. Is that, is that pretty, uh, that's pretty that's horrific, pretty right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. uh, did he grope her or anything? Or um, no, uh, oh. nothing like that. It was. Uh, did he whisper inappropriate things in her ear <laughs> while he was doing the little kiss? Yeah. Well, you would <laughs> you would think, given the outrage that just I uh, you know went went viral, uh, this this case this. Uh, interview with the child. The child was interviewed, and uh, darling, by whom? Boy oh, who and, interviewed? Who interviewed the child? Uh, a local radio station. And so, oh, really? uh, He was interviewed twice. And what's kind of interesting is that um, you know, typically when we have uh, minors who are either perpetrators or victims of crimes, they their identities aren't released but in this case we know his name and we know um what he looks like and he was interviewed and darling little kid uh hunter yelton um he uh you know talks about how you know he he did something wrong and he was sent to the office fair and square and uh the you know the story just kind of hung on that he was suspended for kissing this girl twice once on the hand and once on the cheek weeks apart yes yes two separate incidents okay 
okay. Um, yes. It occurred to me, I mean, I did a little research on this, clearly, and um, I, I saw an article or quotes from the mother. I'm piling through papers here. But the mother, I, actually, I when I read the, what the mother had to say, I thought, hmm, because the mother, Hunter Yelton's mother, said that her son and the girl are boyfriend and girlfriend by right. first grader term. Yes, right. And the mother yeah. um, during the interview said the same thing. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so when I first read that, I thought, eh. But then I thought, you know, most first graders, second graders, uh, you know, they. Uh, I, I think I saw it in a movie recently where the the boy goes to school and, and he's a little kid and then he comes home and somebody asks him if he's got a girlfriend yet and he goes, yep, and, I, and we're going to get married and we're going to, you know. Mm. Um, and mm-hmm. everybody laughs because it's so cute, you know. Um, but I, you know, the mother was kind of shocked by it, but I got to tell you, I also read an article that interviewed the mother of the, the classmate and she's not so generous. She doesn't see this as so funny. Um, no, not at all. And yeah. I'm, I'm sure that that's what led the school officials to, um, you know, take a more serious approach to this. Yeah. Because well, she said that these, uh, these incidents, it wasn't just two incidents that happened over and over and over. Well, yes, she is, and on her Facebook page, she did say state that uh, he has had a history of chasing this little girl and that the little girl... Uh, asked him multiple times to stop, and he refused. So, yeah, there, you know, there is a little bit of, uh, as is true of every case like this, there's always the other side to it. And I think that's probably what led to the the initial outrage was we didn't have uh, the other side. All we were told is that there was this kissing involved, and we, you know, um, th- that kind of reporting, of course, got very sensationalized, and um, the public only had that information. So when the mother of a little girl came out and said that um, there, there had been repeated um, incidents uh, where you know, he didn't give any warning, and he would sneak up on her and and do this kiss, and and he had no consequences for his actions, and so um, it sounded like yeah, there may be a little bit of a, more to the story than what the initial news report gave us. Yeah, and of course that wouldn't be an unusual situation. Uh, with the media, you know, they they pick a couple of points and, you know, usually disregard the rest. Um, but but why do you think why why would the public react like this? I mean, this is this thing went viral. It was picked up internationally. It was in Croatia. I, I mean. It just, and the comments, even locally, there were hundreds, if not thousands of comments about this story from parents, from 
people who, you know, had this happen to them when they were kids in schools, and there's just this sense of outrage. But the outrage isn't over the, the kids. The outrage is over how the school handled it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think that speaks to, you know, maybe parents are getting uh, kind of fed up with uh, school. Well, that whole zero tolerance this, thing. Yeah, this, this zero tolerance that so many schools seem to be taking. And, and in this case, I mean, this is a perfect example of, uh, you know, the school, of course, as all schools that receive federal funding for Title IX, this school receives federal funding and must follow the policies and guidelines under Title IX. Protecting so does all Title kids. IX dictate this kind of a response to something like that? Well, it depends on how broadly you read the, you know, mm-hmm. those, the guidance for Title IX. Um, as I'm sure you're aware, Title IX, of course, is, um, you know, the policy that uh, sets out uh, that it makes it a federal law that prohibits sex discrimination in educational institutions. Any yes. any school, any educational institution that receives federal financial assistance must abide by the um, Title IX, and uh so uh and that title 9 of course prohibits any number of forms of sex discrimination in schools including sexual harassment and so the school has uh, obviously a policy as all schools must do on sexual discrimination and harassment and all although um this policy you know they they deferred to their policy and in particular one of the definitions of sexual harassment that they said little hunter was guilty of was unwelcome touching mm-hmm. and based on that they took that very narrow definition of sexual harassment and applied it wrongly in this case okay so um go ahead okay now according to um hunter's own mother they she said that they've had problems with hunter's actions before and he was placed on in-school suspension once given a two-day suspension once oh i guess that was for this particular incident so is this a pattern of behavior with this boy and um you know, I mean, or is this just an isolated incident? What What's the situation there? Well, and those are exactly the kinds of questions that need to be asked any time we hear about these cases. Because it just seems that the general public isn't real aware of how important those elements that you just mentioned are. That for sexual harassment to occur, there has to be a pattern of and of, and of serious actions, not just you know um, an isolated incident that was not uh, you know considered serious. Um, that is really not even what I would call sexual. Uh, it's 
I would label what he did as, you know, public display of affection. <laughs> but it, it, it got old, labeled. Got a PDA. <laughs> yes, exactly right. Well, and and you know that's what he he committed. That's his offense. Is that he was told apparently not to kiss uh, at least the cheek, and you know. What six-year-old um, is going to take that rule and say, "Well, okay, if I can't, if I can't kiss her cheek, then I guess I'll kiss her hand." You know, I mean, I'm not breaking that rule, right? Well, if we were in a and different so, century, he'd be considered very gallant. And he would, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but, but um, you know, what what we don't have is that is that understanding of how important it is that, you know, not only does it have to be of a a sexual nature, the behavior has to be of a sexual nature, but it's got to be severe, it's got to be pervasive, and it's got to be offensive. Those are the definitions of, of unwanted sexual behavior that creates a hostile environment in the school. And so when that kind of environment exists, of course, absolutely we need protection because kids can't learn when they're, when they're being uh, a victim of severe, pervasive, and offensive behaviors coming from somebody else. And so, you know, we have to do everything that we can to make sure it's not a hostile learning environment, that it's a safe and, and enriching learning environment for kids. So, so I, what I'm trying to say is, you know, if his actions had fit those criteria of being severe, pervasive, and offensive – then absolutely the school did the right thing. Yeah. By and and uh, if by, that was the case, it was it was reported. the case exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's interesting too because you know, we were talking off the air about well, why why when they uh, report this kind of a thing, um do they not include everything? And I think that might be part of the reason. I mean, it was reported as sexual harassment, sexual harassment. I always thought harassment was, as you mentioned earlier, a pattern, not just a one-time occurrence, but harassment means over and over and over, doesn't it? Exactly, right. Not an isolated incident. Right. Yeah, but I did do a little um, research on sexual harassment, and I never saw that anywhere. Uh, In popular press, sexual harassment has been described as any unwanted uh, sexual attention that a woman experiences. Uh, and nothing mm-hmm. uh, said about um, repetition pattern. or pattern or anything. So I'm wondering if some of the the brouhaha is because we don't really understand what harassment is. That's it. I totally agree. And um, the the guidelines do say that a pattern doesn't have to be there if the behavior is so serious. Like, yeah. for example, you know, there may not be a pattern, but then a teacher rapes a student. That's a yes. one-time incident of very serious assault. So mm-hmm. um, 
the pattern occurs when they're less serious. Okay. Okay. Um, when you were asking, uh, we were talking actually about, you know, what is the definition of a six-year-old, and can a six-year-old really be sexual? I mean, I'm assuming mm-hmm. that there has that mm-hmm. this is a um, I hesitate to use the word normal, but a, a child with reasonable and uh, uh, common life experiences at this point, not children who have perhaps been sexually assaulted themselves. But can a child uh, that is just a regular kid at six years old be capable of sexual acts? Well, Can we interpret a kiss on the cheek as a sexual act? When I was asked, uh, during my interview, if this was normal behavior, I replied, absolutely. There's, that's not considered a red flag or a suspicious kind of behavior. It's typical of children of that age. And uh, so in by itself, kissing on the cheek, kissing on the hand is perfectly normal. Yeah. Well, you often see but children that are holding hands and, you know. Yes, right. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the children of that age do a lot of, and I'm assuming because they usually learn this at home, this is loving behavior. Yes, and that's actually some of the uh, outrage is that parents thought, well, what kind of message is that given to my child to hear that they can get in trouble for showing affection and you know i think it it provides a great learning opportunity for parents to talk with their kids about you know appropriate places to show affection you know what he did the kiss on the cheek or the kiss on the hand that's that's typical that's perfectly normal but apparently it wasn't normal in this school setting, or at least it was viewed negatively in this school setting. So, you know, hopefully um, that child and all the kids in that classroom and in that school will have discussions at home about, okay, maybe I shouldn't be kissing (laughs) in school, but certainly, you know, I can be affectionate at home or, you know, in places where it's, it's allowed. So, it had the potential of being a teachable moment, um, but unfortunately, I think what a lot of people heard was that this was sexual, yeah. and that created um, even more panic, I think, yes. in parents. Yeah. Well, oh and gosh. I told you, doing my research, I ran across an article um, that uh, someone said that it it's not, you know, sexual assault from a six-year-old is just a, 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 a something that you can't even comprehend. It just doesn't happen. And, in fact, in Wisconsin right now, there's a case going on with another six-year-old. He was accused of first-degree sexual assault of a child for playing doctor, and they've got that in quotes, with a five-year-old girl in September. Mm. And I never had that experience of playing doctor, but I know a lot of people have, and they laugh about it, and uh, it's pretty much considered a, 
uh, standard it's like behavior. Like a rite of passage. <laughs> yeah, yes, right. yes, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, we always laugh about the playing doctor um, and steer children in another direction if they're, they're doing that. Um, but the case brings up the, the question, can a six-year-old commit sexual assault? Mm-hmm. And well, they're saying in Wisconsin that this is actually new legal ground. Um, oh that my. a child's yeah, act can be considered uh, criminal, mm-hmm. when, especially that's, when that yeah. behavior involves some uh, behavior that uh, experts say is pretty normal for kids that age. Yes. A lot of my research actually is on what is developmentally appropriate or, or typical of children, uh, male and female, at different ages. And certainly for that age range, you bet that, uh, you know, you show me yours, I'll show you mine, or playing doctor, nurse. Those are such common behaviors and um, absolutely are not at all indicators of uh, sexual behavior problems in kids. Now, as you get older and there's more (laughs) coercion involved, either emotional or physical coercion, then you bet, then that that crosses that line into sexual assault, but not at five- and six-year-olds. Well, what the kids are saying is, you know, I'm curious. What, what does it mean to be a boy and what does it mean to be a girl? And um, let's look at them. You know, let's yeah. look at our differences. And um, uh, those are those are just very very normal behaviors. But what it reminds me of, if I can interrupt for just a second, it reminds me of a, uh, an old joke from years ago. But it shows the two little kids, you know, each pulling their pants out a little bit so they can take a view, and the girl looks at the boy and says, "Oh, so that's why you make more money than I do." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. That must well, be to it. <laughs> but you know, all joking aside, it it also it, these kinds of cases also show how oh repressive we still are about sexuality that we're pathologizing Ooh. normal sexual behavior. And instead of, you know, recognizing that this is healthy and and here's our responsibility as adults is, you know, take that behavior and turn it into a, a learning opportunity for those kids. Now's the time when they're curious and now's the time to bring out, you know, the books about what's it like to be a boy and what's it like to be a girl and how are we different and how are we special and blah, blah, blah. But instead, now we're pathologizing it. So uh, I I think back to when my son was in third grade and the teacher had no children uh, of her own and I think it was her first or second year teaching. So she was kind of inexperienced. And um, the boys were all drawing pictures with their red markers, drops of blood, and stuff on these pictures. And the teacher was horrified by this, and so she (laughs) took away all their red markers. Um, 
<laughs> and then it took them about 20 minutes to figure out that aliens have green blood. So pretty soon they were drawing pictures of the aliens with the green blood. And I thought, okay, so now are we going to take away the green markers? Are we, we going to reduce these boys to, you know, drawing in black and white? Or, you know, and, and, and I thought it was I'm, sure, I'm sure that's what a lot of teachers would like to do is just, you know, duct tape their hands together. <laughs> well, as a former teacher, it would be a very good solution for the teacher. <laughs> you know, duct tape them to the chair in the morning, duct tape them, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, exactly, right. But, you know, I'm I'm on this, you know, bandwagon about, uh, and in fact I do a lot of uh, continuing education workshops for teachers just help, especially early ed teachers, just helping them to understand and appreciate what changes the kids are going through and their understanding about their bodies and um, how to, you know, how to handle sexual behaviors in the classroom. And, you know, those early years are when you're really going to see the uh, overt sexual behaviors. <clears throat> the kissing, you know, the self-stimulation, the doctor games in the bathroom, that's that's when you're going to see it. It's as they get older, and, you know, eight, nine years old, they, they're they less overt. They figured out, oh, this stuff we can't do in public. <laughs> but it continues, obviously, just underground. And, yeah, yeah, they're smart enough to know they can't just be open about it. And that's yeah. where these, these cases of these six-year-olds and five-year-olds are coming out, is that the same kinds of norms, if you will, that we're applying to the older kids about their behavior, their sexual behavior in particular, they're being now you know, dropped down lower and lower and lower in, at, at an age where it's totally inappropriate to have those kinds of expectations on kids. It, well, I it, think that we just, do have high expectations for children. We kind of see them as a society. We kind of see them as miniature people. Hmm. Uh, you know, that, that yeah. uh, I mean, I've heard, I've, I've heard so many people talking about, well, my two-year-old bit another two-year-old, so we sat down and talked about it. Really? <laughs> a two-year-old? How... <laughs> <laughs> I would love to have heard how, that conversation, how, you know, and, and how's have that some sort of. For you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, right. You know, or one one mother I remember there there was a hitting incident with two year olds, and so she said that um, she sat her child down, two year old, and explained that hitting is never okay unless somebody hits you first. <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, that two year old brain can absorb that. Uh, you know, oh, that's great. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, and but you're absolutely right. I and and I think we're doing the same thing. We're, you know, we're thinking of them as miniature adults and so when we see them kissing or playing doctor, we're we're applying adult criminal offenses or interpreting those behaviors as if they were adult behaviors, and we're assuming that they have the mentality to plan, to be able to emotionally manipulate someone, to be able to coerce someone into doing that, instead of just, this is a normal 
reaction. You know, there's no there's no planning involved. They just this isn't John Smith leaning it. over the boardroom <laughs> table and uh, pecking <laughs> Susie Smith on the cheek. It, it, there you it, go. These are it's these are reflex. children. Yes. Yeah. 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 And but I would think right. that we're, indicates a rather healthy. Uh, uh, in my view, I would think, oh, well, that's pretty healthy. You know, that th- that means that this kid is growing up in a loving family. I didn't see it as, oh, sexual. This is something sexual. Um, yeah. I just thought, as, oh, how nice. This kid clearly has grown up with some mm-hmm. affection in his life, and mm-hmm. there are a lot of kids who don't grow up with affection mm-hmm. in their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they can't but model then, that. But then a school, a school can, um, out of concern about, being sued, for example, there have been many school systems that have been taken, you know, to civil court about not um, recognizing and investigating cases of sexual harassment. So, a knee-jerk reaction, I think, is, oh, if this is sexual in nature and it's repeated, we now have in our case two times. <laughs> That it therefore constitutes sexual harassment, and according to Title IX, we must uh, investigate. And uh, if we don't, then we could be, you know, accused of being negligent and uh, be liable. So, again, it's when when you follow a policy to the letter without really thinking about the consequences to all parties involved. I mean, we now have, you know, both the little girl, we now have her identity, we have this little boy, and we have the identities of the, both mothers. Um, this has just, you know, been so blown out of proportion that you have to wonder, did they really think through the consequences of of placing a sexual harassment offense in this kid's school record. Yeah, I, don't I, know. I, I mean, I just can't imagine. Well, uh, again, they said that it will remain on his school record as long as he's in uh, Canon. Is it Canon City? Canyon um, City, yes. Canyon City, as long as he's in Canyon City schools. But then once he leaves, right. it's going to be gone. But I read another right. story where some woman found out her son um, was not getting accepted to college. And she thought he has great grade point average, da 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 da. So she requested copies of his school record. And here there was an incident when he was also about six or seven that they put on his record. She made a fuss, and so they said they were going to remove it from his record, but they never did. And so all of these applications that he was sending to school, and and they were accessing his school record, you know, the, the famous permanent record. Yeah. It indicated this incident that he'd had as a in elementary school. Uh, yes. and that carried all the way up through high school. Um, that, so that's kind that's, of scary. Yeah, that's that's sad. And and in fact, I I had a mother call me and share a very similar situation where it was supposed to have been removed and it wasn't, and it did go on to haunt her son. So yeah, uh, yeah parents are becoming more aware of that paper trail and that it can keep their child from, you know, getting into college, getting a job, blah, blah, blah. Uh, There's some argument, though, that 
you know, very few college admissions boards will actually go back and look at kindergarten records or first grade records. They're more interested in high school grades. And but nevertheless, why take a chance? Yeah. Uh, so so therein is you know this this fear of having this on your record uh, that that could prohibit you from getting into, you know, either a job or into college. So it it cannot be taken lightly. Absolutely not. Not an accusation that serious. Well, again, this is not, you know, we're talking particularly about this case in um um Colorado, we're also mentioning the case in Wisconsin, but there's also a case going on right now where a 6-year-old is accused of sexual assault. Um, because of at least what his father said was a game of tag on the playground. Uh, apparently, he, um, his son and the kid, the other kid were playing tag, a group of kids. And according to the father, his son was accused of brushing his best friend's leg or groin while the two were playing on the playground. And <laughs> the father, of course, says that it's just an overreaction that they were playing, you know, hands go places. It's, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're it's like keep mm-hmm. away or something, you know. I mean, hands, mm-hmm. ought, you know, and uh, apparently mm-hmm. there was no accusation that the boy's hands lingered or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they, the, the six-year-old now has a, a sexual harassment claim that the family is um, facing. Another one, another oh. situation is a nine-year-old and mm-hmm. this one, I, so do I have a state? I, I, this came from HuffPost, so I'm not sure what state that is in. But a nine-year-old girl told another uh, uh, told another student that her teacher was cute. Or it was okay. a male. Student. He told a nine-year-old told another student that the teacher was cute. School officials heard about it and put him on a two-day suspension for sexual harassment. Hmm. And again, the the mother says it's not like he went up to the woman and tried to grab her or touch her in a sexual way. Why would he be be suspended for two days? Hmm. Uh, You're just like amazed at the apparent lack of common sense and judgment. Well, one of the bloggers that that I found that uh, I think was your case in Colorado said, political correctness run amok once again. Oh, the shame of it. Right. A six-year-old kisses a girl's hand. Time for the parents to yank their kids out of the public schools. There's no sign of intelligent life there. <laughs> <laughs> and then another one said, if he'd kissed another boy, it probably would have been seen as diversity. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's come up a lot in the comments. But, yeah. you know, if it's truly sexual harassment, of course, it doesn't matter, the gender's. But uh, it could be boy to boy, it could be girl to girl, it could be, you know, opposite mm-hmm. genders. But uh, it's still coming down to just lack of common sense that they're taking, yeah. the the schools are taking these isolated, simple acts of of what I think most parents would call just childish behavior or immature conduct and uh, just blowing them out, being politically correct, but yeah. unfortunately doing a lot of damage. Uh, unless they can turn it around and provide to everybody, teachers, the uh, parents, the kids, more awareness 
about what sexual harassment is and go beyond, especially at young ages, you, you don't talk in terms of sexual or harassment. I mean, those are way too abstract terms for young children to understand, but, you know, simple concepts like, you know, respecting each other's space, you know, <laughs> or boundaries, you know, respecting your own boundaries. Uh, and that's not a your... process that you you just explain to a child and the next day he's got it. It's a, it's yeah. a repetition. It's a learning process. Um, right. It, it's just, you know, I mean, like we were saying before, it's like parents and administrators expect these children to be miniature adults and not in a developmental phase. Um, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that, that it, it doesn't, you don't tell a six-year-old something once and, boy, he's got it. You have to tell them over and over. I mean, look at crossing the street. I was reading a study that you really cannot trust a child to consistently look both ways before crossing the street <laughs> until he's 12. <laughs> yeah. You know? and, yeah. And 12, it's much later than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's right. true. <laughs> yeah. But we, again, we assume how many five- and six-year-olds cross streets alone, you know, um, yeah. Right. It, 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 we just put all of this, you know, not that these children are stupid, it's just that they're in a process, that, that they have to process this stuff. And sometimes over and over, I mean, look how long it takes some of us to learn a computer, you know. <laughs> you have to do it well, over and over and, before and, and it ru- with Like, you. you know, rules for crossing the street, those are pretty black and white. Mm-hmm. So if it takes kids that long to understand a very concrete rule, you stop, mm-hmm. you look both ways, and yes. then you cross. <laughs> okay, that's pretty yeah. concrete. Now, yeah. let's take that, and now we're expecting these kids at same ages to be able to understand sexual harassment I, yeah. when adults don't even understand it. I think I think pretty much everybody is pretty pretty clear on sexual harassment in the workplace. You know, mm-hmm. y- y- we all get that that yeah. yeah, okay, when your supervisor has power over you, it yeah. it becomes very difficult to refuse, you know, sexual advances or sexual pressure or sexual harassment, right? When you don't have yes. much power, and your supervisor or person who has power over you has all that power, then we get that. Yes. But it's not so clear, especially in student-to-student harassment. What does that mean? What does that look like? And the schools are interpreting it very narrowly. And, um, uh, you know, if it if it's on their list, like in this Canyon City case where, you know, touching another kid's body constitutes sexual harassment, then, boy, that's it. But we really haven't figured out a way to help schools understand what it is. And, and you think that that does, is because of liability issues, that they want to well, make sure they I, I I I do believe that that's that is what is prompting uh in this case 
or I don't know that it's it's, it's happened in this case, but I, I think in general that, um, yeah, that, that schools are, you know, concerned about liability and that, you know, they do have to uh, follow the guidelines, even though they really uh, went beyond it. But... Um, you know they yeah. could uh they could get uh, uh in serious trouble including losing their their uh federal uh, assistance for Well, not- and I think a lot of these cases are uh, you know they're not clear cut. I'm thinking of a case where um the Atlanta high school student he was suspended yes. for a year yes. because he hugged his teacher. Right. It was a male student, a female teacher. He was 17, and he hugged his teacher um, during, I guess it was during a pep rally. Um, anyway, uh, he was suspended for an t- entire year, and he was an athlete, which, of course, makes a big difference to a lot of people. And mm-hmm. um, the school didn't withheld a lot of comments. They said because of legal things they couldn't talk a lot. Right. But the more you peer into this, Apparently, this has happened in the past with hugging, no other behavior, that this right. boy likes to hug people. And there are, I mean, I've met people like that who just, you know, yes. oh, hi, I just met you, hug, you know. Um, yeah. But I've never seen it as a particularly sexual thing. Um, so I don't know, but, you know, there is some sort of history there. He has been apparently told to stop the hugging, but he ha- he hasn't, and it culminated when he t- hugged his teacher a couple weeks ago, right. and he got a year suspension. So that's a little iffier, I think. The child is older; he's a seventeen-year-old. Right. He was warned mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, hmm, I don't know. That one requires a lot of interpretation, I think. And in this well, case, and, it is a and in this case, and in this case, it's the teacher who is making yeah. the claim. Yeah. Which, again, if you look at, you know, did this situation, could this situation have created a hostile environment? Absolutely for that teacher. If if this is a repetitive behavior and there's suggestion that it's more than just a hug, that there may have been some touching of her neck, kissing of her neck, that if there's more of a sexual nature and it's a repetitive behavior and that teacher feels harassed, in other words, that she feels um, frightened and that her environment is now a hostile working environment because uh, of this boy's behavior. So... Uh, here we have clearly a different, a whole different scenario in that we have evidence of this older boy's uh, repetitive behavior, having gotten in trouble for it before, having been told not to do it, and and also an adult who is feeling that it has created a hostile environment and is claiming that... Um, that that this boy sexually harassed her, so it it's a whole different, a whole in my opinion it's it's a certainly a, a very different animal, and mm-hmm. I do think you know that the school's decision makes sense. Um, again, following from Title Nine and you know what the guidance is as far as sexual harassment, 
that but what's interesting is this there's a petition that is out uh trying to um um claim that this punishment does not fit the violation they're trying to overturn this boy's punishment and there's a, a change.org petition out so here we have the public now <laughs> saying no no that's not that's not sexual harassment <laughs> and, yeah. and this kid should not be you, you know it's always tough when you have a uh, well, especially uh, uh, with the older kids that are looking <laughs> toward their futures, you know, and yeah, exactly, permanent records. Exactly, right. Yeah, right, plus right, the right. athletics. Nobody wants to see a, a successful high Ooh. school athlete that might have a future, have a future in athletics uh, prevented yeah. from pursuing that. But um, another case that is not with children, but it seems to be in the same vein as, I don't know if you're keeping up with the news, but there have been protests in Italy, a lot of protests. And have you ever seen the riot police that go out and they have those big plastic things? They almost look like welders' helmets in yes, front of their uh-huh. faces. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're kind of clear plastic, and they probably stick out a good four to six inches away from the front of the face. And a 20-year-old uh, female protester in Italy walked over to one of the riot police guys that was wearing one of these helmets and kissed him on the plastic. Just oh, I saw that. A, I saw a that kiss on the photograph. Plastic. Yes. Yes, and uh, I'll tell you, you look at that photograph, and the the guy wearing the helmet looks like he's a little tickled by the whole thing. Um, <laughs> but there's no, I mean, she's a good six inches away from him. She's been charged with uh, sexual assault because of that. The, and the police uh, that uh, have charged her, I mean, they're really ticked off, apparently. They they could consider it a, a real assault, and uh, they, they said, you know, that they um, uh, considered it a, 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 a real affront, you know, a real offense, and that if it had been a man doing that to a woman, nobody would have a problem calling it a sexual assault. Hmm. So here we go with that. Hmm. That standard Hmm. again, you know. Um, I mean, are some of these things retaliation? Are some of them self-protection? Are some, you know, what what's going on here? I mean, I remember the day when you know there was a a famous photograph of a girl sticking a daisy in a a gun barrel, you know, for protesting (laughs) a war. And everybody thought that was wonderful. And I think mm. this, from reading the stories, this this young woman thought she was doing something similar, you know, showing peace mm. and affection. And, mm. um, but I mean, can it be sexual assault if you don't even touch the guy? I don't know. Mm. Well, <laughs> don't look know. what look look what a kiss has turned into. <laughs> if you're a six year old boy in Canyon City, it's called sexual harassment. If you're this protester in Italy, it's called sexual assault now once again we don't have all the details right yeah yep. all we know is that there's a photo of her kissing this policeman and uh that's all we have but yeah wow what's happened yeah. that a simple kiss has become oh just you know taken on so many negative connotations Yes. Oh, and, I mean, we're not talking some I... sort of, you know, wild, passionate kissing. We're talking pecs, you know. I mean, yeah. 
you know, I don't know. I, they, again, I got, pulled a comment from someone um, talking about the six-year-old, and, and this commenter said, something is wrong with this picture. The school administrators are professionals trained to deal with these situations. By the parents ignoring their expert advice, are the parents now unsuspectedly raising a potential sex predator? The child mm. should be taken to mandated counseling and try to determine where this inappropriate conduct stems. Was it something that was done to him? Is he just responding based upon past experience? These questions need answers. The school was much too quick to acquiesce in this situation, in other words, removing the sexual mm -hmm. harassment from his record. Mm -hmm. The threat of potential mm -hmm. lawsuits is a surefire way of covering up. The police should reopen the investigation and look into this child's background. You know, oh, um, oh, okay. I have... Okay. <laughs> well... You know, keyword yeah, okay. child, so, you know... <laughs> <laughs> and and that, I think that, that if that, you had a child, a six-year-old child, who doesn't express affection, I would be concerned that this child is growing <laughs> up in an environment where he's not getting enough affection in his life to provide him with the stability he needs to grow up. Hmm. Uh, here again is an opportunity to open up that dialogue about, okay, we have a, a behavior, if you want to call it a sexual behavior, fine, of kissing. There's no indication that it's any further than that. And it's not, we're not talking about French kissing. We're not talking about a more adult form of kissing. It's a, it's a peck on the cheek. Now, to take that behavior and to... Be concerned that this child is a potential sexual predator mm -hmm. and also and or that the child is being sexually victimized that's that's really stretching it now. I can tell you many other cases of older children who have exhibited very serious uh, kinds of sexual behaviors toward their peers. In the kind uh, well, of and it's not unusual for a child who has been abused to um, exhibit those behaviors. I mean, that's one those, of the yes, red yeah, flags. You know, I mean, that, when you see a child exactly acting out sexually, like. then you do suspect. Right. But, yes, exactly. So that kind of concern that was expressed in that comment is certainly, you know, I, I certainly appreciate that concern and looking at that behavior through that set of glasses, but it's, it's clearly inappropriate to do it in this particular case. Now, there are other cases where absolutely, you know, if a, if a school has a report of older children where one is – coercing um, uh, the other child to go along with more serious kinds of sexual behaviors, ones that you would expect um, only of, you know, maybe adult behaviors, where there's definitely this child has learned this either by having it uh, done to him or her or has seen it maybe in a, in a home that's very sexualized then, yeah, the school absolutely needs to intervene, not so much to, uh, you know, accuse the child of being, of, of sexual harassment, but to get that child help. 
because that child probably is a victim of some sort of of sexualized environment or sexual behavior uh, or sexual abuse, and that child needs to be seen as a victim, not as a perpetrator. Exactly. And again, the behavior exhibited is very clearly sexualized behavior. In right, those in those it's, in those in the older children cases, absolutely mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. There's no yeah. question that that is sexual behavior. Yeah, yeah. But kissing uh-huh. on the cheek is should not have been defined as sexual behavior. Yeah, it's just a crazy situation, I think. And you know, part of me empathizes with the school because they do have legal restrictions. A lot of people, you know, if you'd make it an, inter- uh, an individual assessment of each child, which would be preferable, then you're accused of not being fair, you know, you, mm-hmm. you're not applying the same standards to everyone. Um, I understand why they move to a zero-tolerance thing. Then the decision is taken out of their hands, and supposedly they have less liability. But it's so unrealistic to think that you can apply a, a standard, one standard, an adult standard. One standard, yeah. And mm-hmm. apply it to every single situation mm-hmm. that will mm-hmm. occur with the hundreds of people that go to a school every day. And in exactly. some cases, thousands. Um, yes. It's just exactly. mind-boggling. And part of me thinks, you know, if I saw this little six-year-old kissing a girl's hand on the playground, it would not even cross my mind that it's inappropriate. It wouldn't mm-hmm. even cross my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, maybe if you threw her to the ground, you know, then okay. Yeah, <laughs> but, right, right. <laughs> right. You know, but just sitting next to each other and he takes her, her hand, and I thought that was sweet. So am mm-hmm. I a pervert? I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Heather. Are you a pervert? <laughs> <laughs> a perv, a perv. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't know. It just It's like common sense has, has flown away. It's flown out yeah. the window. Um, and of course, maybe just being politically correct is is the is the way to go, and and unfortunately not taking into account what's really in the best interest of these children, and that's really at at the heart of this story is there were a lot of decisions made by adults that did not really protect those kids' best interests. And that's where we have to, you know, stand up and say, hey, wait a minute. Um, you know, uh, was this was this story getting out into the public, was that really uh, in the kids' best interests? And I think not. Um, no. On the other hand, well, it, the, the school probably wouldn't have changed, would not have changed their decision and, and you know, eliminated that from his record had there not been such outcry from social media. So mm-hmm. it's a, you know, it's a double-edged sword. It's, you know, um, knowing about it and being able to comment on it and having the pressure put on those the school administrators to do something about this situation, I think, you know, is good, but still at what cost to the kids? And that's exactly. always my concern is are we really, really um, doing what's in the best interest of these kids? Well, and another question that we haven't really addressed, but I think it goes without saying is, is this supposed victim traumatized? Has there been mm-hmm. some disruption to her life because of this outside of the media? 
Has this disruption mm. occurred in her life, or has she been any kind of trauma in her life because of what the little boy did? Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, we really don't know. Uh, according to the mother's report, the the child was upset by the teasing and by the roughhousing that was happening with the boys, plural. Uh, more uh-huh. boys were involved. Um, and, you know, that would certainly have, we would hope, have been in, entered into the school's decision about placing such a serious offense in this boy's record is that there there should have been, uh, you know, a hostile environment. Again, that's what sexual harassment is all about, is that somebody's actions creates a hostile environment, and uh, in serious cases of sexual harassment, we, you know, kids, they don't want to go to school anymore, right? Yeah, and we're we're talking the victim here. Well, Sandy, thank you so much for adding insight to this. We're just about out of time, and one of the things that I do to try and wrap up our show every week is to come up with a quote. And this quote, you'll be surprised, is not from Gandhi, or (laughs) it is from Kathy Lee Gifford. And she said, sexual harassment is complex, subtle, and highly subjective. And on that, I want to thank you, Sandy. Please join us next week, and uh, we will do more of Three Women, Three Ways. Thank you, Heather. It's been my pleasure. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.